Good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. It's a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Each week, Creative Cafe. around the area. Welcome to the Creative Cafe, sponsored by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, promoting and supporting the arts, arts organizations, and artists throughout Greater Kalamazoo on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Well, like the man said, here we are. Creative Cafe on this Saturday morning. We want to welcome you in and uh, bring in our host for the day, Eric Oliphant. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I get morning. to see you twice in one week. This yeah, is that's so cool. True. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so, welcome to uh, this Saturday edition of Creative Cafe. And uh, what do we have on tap for this uh, this edition? Well, as you may know, the Arts Council is a membership organization, and what that means is that we have organizational and individual members that pay yearly dues, and they get perks. Um, we uh, try to support local artists and arts organizations. And uh, as a member, you can apply for grants for free. Um, you have access to our website, which is uh, a database of artists, and uh, it's sortable by like your artist type or whatever. And not to brag, but we have a pretty good SEO because we have a community calendar. So if uh, you Google one of our artists on our page, they pop up pretty highly on the Google search. Um, and you can also like post pictures and audio and all kinds of stuff on those pages um and then also you get access to our event calendar to post your upcoming events whether it's a gallery or a dance show um this morning we're going to actually feature one of our organizational members which is wellspring Corey terry and dancers wellspring has been a member actually chris and i were trying to figure it out at least 20 years uh probably one of our oldest Longest standing members, and they're also our neighbor in the Epic Center. So friendly neighbor and longtime uh, partner. Um, they actively participate in artist happy hours and art hops, and they've been grant recipients for several arts fund grants um, and also excellent neighbors. Uh, Wellspring was founded in 1980 by Corey Terry, their artistic director. Uh, they moved into the Epic Center in the year 2000, where they have a, the state-of-the-art Wellspring Theater um, used for the dance company's performances and other local events. So this morning, I wanted to invite Wellspring's Executive Director, Kate Yancho, to talk to me. Good morning, Kate. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. Glad to have you. Um, we start every Creative Cafe uh, with a simple question. What's your favorite morning beverage? Well, Eric, I am a decaf drinker. Okay. So I have some decaf coffee this morning. I do love a decaf Americano, though. Ooh, so yeah, good. So that's that's probably where I'd say my favorite morning beverage is. Yeah, I, I wish I could uh, cut that string of need from the caffeine, but I don't know that I can. <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> it was necessary. It's for my health. Yes, so. sure, But I exactly. do still like how it tastes. Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely. Well, right. Yeah. Coffee is delicious. Coffee um, is delicious. So uh, you've been with Wellspring since 2016, but uh, I was doing a little searching and you also have a theater background and you have a master's degree in higher education and student affairs. That is correct, Eric. It's been a, an interesting winding path that has led me to this moment. Awesome. And uh, while you were working at K College kind of with that student affairs background, you were still doing a lot of choreography. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Dance has always been a part of my life because my bachelor's degree is in dance performance and uh, when I landed at K as an administrator and was trying to look at ways to bring dance into the student experience so started teaching dance classes and then was invited to choreograph a few musicals including Into the Woods which is one of my favorites oh and it was so fun too we 
we put so much more choreography in that show than is normally planned because we had a great cast and a great relationship between the director and I. We had a blast. Absolutely. That's awesome. So uh, I did want to bring up, I, I think earlier this week, maybe last week, you got some exciting news about the MCACA. Is that I, right? I did. Yes. So the, MCACA, uh, if you're not familiar, is, make sure I try to get this right, the Michigan Council of Arts and Cultural Affairs, is that correct? That is, the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs. And what 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 happened this week? Well, Governor Whitmer appointed me to the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs, so I'll be representing this part of the state on the council for three years, and we um, we support the vision of the Michigan Council for Arts and Cultural Affairs. We work on approving the budget that gets distributed to the, all the arts and culture organizations across the state, and do work to advance arts and culture in this great state of Michigan. Congratulations! Thanks. I'm so excited. So I want to ask, uh, in retrospect, um, you're coming up on your 2021-22 uh, season. How was 2020 for Wellspring? Whew. Well, it was good and hard. Um, you know, dance is something that's best experienced in person. Sure. And we didn't want to stop, though. We wanted to continue to serve the community and serve our audience. So we we worked hard to bring different experiences through our season. It, and it was our 40th anniversary right, season right, in yeah. 2020, 2021. So it was a little bit sad to be celebrating it. But at the same time, it allowed us to look back and reflect in ways that maybe we wouldn't have been able to if it had been a normal season. So we um, celebrated those 40 years with a documentary series where we looked back through our repertory and created four, three films that showcased a piece from our rep, including interviews about how that piece was conceived, how it was brought to the stage for the first time. So, so that was really lovely and something that we probably wouldn't have been able to do in the same way if it had been a normal year. Right. We also had a great partnership with the Kalamazoo Nature Center and did an outdoor concert in June. And which your company actually built to stage is that right well we built off they they have an existing structure that we expanded okay. and then had to buy special flooring to make it danceable for our professional dancers and you know we're grateful for that partnership we are grateful for the audience that came out to support us but boy was that a challenge as well who could anticipate that the weather would be so so just excruciatingly hot oh man um so we had issues with heat stroke with the dancers we had to call off the second performance oh. because the stage got so hot that it was burning their feet. Oh my so gosh. it was really, it was challenging. And we're, we're grateful that we were able to bring the event to life. And we're also grateful for the partnership we had with Ben Gully, who recorded the performance earlier in the week. And we now have a beautiful recording of the work in the Nature Center setting. So That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, I feel like as long as you learned a little bit and 40 years later, I mean, the dance company is still figuring out how to be flexible and... Uh, adapt to any situation that that's right so uh so i wanted to talk about uh the upcoming season which i believe is being announced on october 15th that's, is that correct that's right eric october 15th mark your calendars and the arts council uniquely this year has a little bit more of a hand in that in that we opened a community box office um in early september um, and our community box office sells tickets for local organizations all in one place so you can one-stop shop 
all your local arts organizations, uh, Gilmore Piano Festival, Kalamazoo Symphony Orchestra, uh, the Fontana Chamber Arts, and then Wellspring. And Wellspring. We're so excited to be part of this prestigious group of amazing arts organizations. Now, have you guys ever been able to have a box office like that? Is is that something that has been in the wheelhouse for Wellspring? Um, I there was some element of box office pre my time at gotcha. Wellspring, which I believe was partnered with Miller Auditorium in okay. some way, if yep. I understand it correctly. Yep. But since I've been there, the box office has been our own kind of project, and it's we've kind of a small staff, not a lot of people. So we're grateful to have the help and support of the community box office to do that work and to get more exposure for our tickets. So absolutely, yeah, that's the goal. And uh, you know, if you're listening and you have a smaller organization or you want to post an event, uh, a box office is something that might not be available to you. So get a hold of us and let us know if that's something that you would like. Um, you can reach out to us, info at kalamazooarts.org. Now, um, Wellspring, are you uh, always looking for interns and volunteers? Is that true? Always looking for interns and volunteers. As I mentioned, we're kind of small. Um, so we always need volunteers to help at events, to do some various tasks around the office, um, and interns. So I, I, you mentioned, you know, I have a master's degree in higher education and student affairs. Yep. So college students are close to my heart. So we've built out an internship program at Wellspring, and I think we offer a pretty great program if you're looking for that. And you don't have to be a dancer. You don't have to be in the arts to have a great internship with us at Wellspring. Hint, hint, fellow WMU uh, listeners, right now. <laughs> so uh, how do people get in touch or keep? in touch with Wellspring. Yeah, wellspringdance.org is where you can find us. And on October 15th, we'll be launching a new website as well. Same same address, but uh, new visuals, new things to look at, new ways to interact with that page. And uh, can you give us a little hint? What's the 2021-22 season look like? Oh, for? we've got some exciting collaborations. I'll just throw, we, we maybe are working with the Gilmore Piano Festival. Ooh. We've got a concert coming up in November that's going to be great. Maybe a little Red Sea pedestrian sprinkled throughout the season. Excellent. So we're pretty excited. And Radfest, the Regional Alternative Dance Festival in March. Hybrid, hybrid, virtual and in person. Of course. Well, uh, if you are interested in membership at the Arts Council, you can uh, get a hold of us, um, kalamazooarts.org. You can give me a call, 269-342-5059. Our members are a most important part of our organization. And Wellspring and Kate have been uh, with us for such a long time, and they're uh, still actively participating with us, and it's a great partnership. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. Are you a student, artist, musician, actor, theater technician, producer, or director? Are you new to the art scene in Kalamazoo County? Or maybe you've been an artistic mainstay in the community for years. No matter what discipline you engage in or how experienced you are, the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo has resources for you. Becoming a member provides an avenue to connect with your peers, access to grants and sponsorship resources, as well as free promotional tools to get the word out about you and your work. Membership is open to students, individuals, and organizations. There's even a special pricing for educational institutions. To find out more about becoming a member of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo, go to their website at kalamazooarts.org and click the Membership tab. That's kalamazooarts.org and click the Membership tab. You won't be sorry. This message provided by the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Welcome back to the Creative Cafe. Uh, next, we are talking about the Caddy Grant, which opens applications on October 15th. 
Caddy Grant is the Kalamazoo Artistic Development Initiative. It's funded by the Irving S. Gilmore Foundation, and it's designed to support individual artists located in Kalamazoo County and their endeavor to develop themselves and their art through projects or professional development. And there's two categories, so you can request up to $2,000 for professional development and up to $4,500 for projects. Uh, Arts Council members can apply for free, and if you are new to writing grants, uh, Kristen Chesick, our executive director, hosts free grant writing workshops via Zoom. Uh, you can register for that uh, those upcoming workshops in November on KalamazooArts.org slash grants. Joining me this morning is one of 2020's Caddy Grant recipients, uh, Dr. Christopher Biggs. He's a composer, multimedia artist, the director of Splice Institute, an educator and programmer, and he was awarded a Caddy Grant for his upcoming musical endeavor, Nodes Project, featuring collaborators Dr. Andrew Rathbun, John Bear, and Keith Hall, and it's featuring the music of Biggs, Rathbun, and Dr. Lisa Coons. Also joining Chris today is one of those collaborators, Andrew Rathbun, Kalamazoo-based saxophonist, composer, and band leader. Welcome. Hello. Thanks, sir. What is your favorite morning beverage? Uh, without question, coffee. Excellent, yes. Yeah, I do green tea with soy milk. Ooh, yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> we had tea a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if anybody's done green tea with soy milk. That's good. All right, so, Chris, uh, Splice Institute nodes... You have a ton of compositions in your resume, all thematically around the idea of combining electric and acoustic music. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's something I'm really interested in is how you take these traditional technologies, acoustic instruments, and you extend their possibilities through electronics. Because the performance traditions and capacities of acoustic music performers are so great that even though you can encapsulate a lot of that and do it with electronics, um, I think the combination is where it's at. Now, uh, electronic music is a little, I don't know, hard to hard to compartmentalize. So I mean, is computers, electric guitar, digital synths, you have an accordion electronic piece? Is that, what's electronic music? How do you, how do you categorize that? Yeah, I think it's a really hard thing to do. It becomes like determining when, how many grains of sand are going to be there before we call it a pile of sand. So you have a vibraphone and you plug it in so it gets a wow, wow, wow effect. Does that make it electronic music because it requires electricity? For me, I think it has to be beyond amplification and beyond mere modification of acoustic technology. So that's kind of where I draw the line. And I think it comes to be like culturally, what do people have in their mind when they imagine electronic music? We don't imagine it when we hear a recording of an orchestra, even though that's highly produced with electronics. We think of it more when the sounds seem like they couldn't have happened very easily with just an acoustic instrument. I love that. Yeah, thank you. So uh, there's a couple of categories, I would say, of um, electronic instruments as is uh, analog and digital. Do you have a preferred method of uh, manipulating? I, I think it has more to do with the propensities of the media and what they're good at. So if you never go into the digital realm, you're sending signals, analog signals at the speed of light. So there's no latency. But there's a ridiculous amount of things you can do digitally that would require tens of thousands of dollars that you can do with one computer. So it's just it's just a trade-off. And uh, a lot of that stuff uh, nowadays can be like available for like real cheap, like free. There's tons of open source stuff, right? Yes, tons of free software. That's awesome. Um, so the Nodes Project, 
Uh, upcoming uh, concert. This is combining electronic music with jazz. Andrew, uh, what is jazz? I mean, the 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 moniker of jazz is just so wide now. I, it, it's it's difficult to categorize. But for me personally, it's just anything that has a high degree of improvisation um, in the in the music in the practice. Excellent. And uh, so these compositions that you're performing at the concert, um, thereby. Uh, you, uh, Chris and Andrew, and also Dr. Lisa Coons, um, but these were born out of free improvisations. Is that right? Um, I mean, I guess to an extent. I mean, they're always informed. I mean, it's, it's certainly just speaking for myself. My music is always informed by the idea of at some point there's going to be improvised an improvised section or or sections. Um, gotcha. So, you know, a lot of times you're thinking about that as you're writing it, but certainly um, there's also, you know, premeditated things that we all have to sort of hit at the same time or do at the same time. Now, if people attend this concert, um, are they expecting like Dixieland jazz or is more of a modern jazz or explain a little bit about uh, the style of this uh, trio plus Chris? Well, it's difficult to, to, um, it certainly would not sound like traditional, traditional like New Orleans jazz, which is what we sort of call Dixieland. We've sort of given up the term of Dixieland. We now sort of call that New Orleans or traditional yes, good jazz. Um, um, it's so it's certainly not going to sound like that. Um, it, it definitely is is more of a modern approach to improvisation. But um, even though a lot of times we're playing without a predetermined structure or form, we actually find those things sort of spontaneously together. So. We're actually creating forms spontaneously along with all the other elements of music, melody, harmony, rhythm. Um, so there's things that the listener can, can grab onto. It's, it's just not a complete, uh, it's just not complete abstraction or complete chaos. Um, there's certainly a lot of that. And what makes it really interesting is what Chris brings to the table, which is this live processing and, and adding a whole um, you know, new panorama of texture um, with you know, his digital manipulation and sampling us in real time and sending those sounds back to us. So we're reacting to those. And I think that's what makes this project like really unique. And we have a little clip here. So let's listen to that. So the concert, uh, is this going to be recorded and released for purchase? Um, we'll record the concert, but that's more for our own uh, information. And then we'll go into the studio afterwards and do a recording. And we actually, as part of working up to this, we went to the studio and recorded. And I think we're going to end up releasing that as well because it went really well the first time. And then we're going to do another recording session following the concert. And the concert is uh, upcoming Wednesday, October 27th at 7.30. It's at the Dalton Center Recital Hall on WMU's campus. Uh, tickets are $15, $12 for seniors, and $5 for students. Tickets can be purchased from wmumusic.ludus.com. So it's W-M-U-M-U-S-I-C dot L-U-D-U-S dot com. Chris, uh, tell me, this project was funded by... Caddy, what was the application process like? 
The application process for the Caddy is really clear and the support that it provides artists is great. So it's not that big of a deal. And I would go ahead and apply if you have a project that you want to get funded. And this is not your first Caddy grant, right? You've actually applied and been rewarded for different projects in 2016 and 2013. Yeah, that's correct. And each time there, it's a great way to kind of help feel like what you're doing matters and matters within the community and also um, you know recording is expensive and things like that and so it's been really good to support these projects through recording yeah absolutely um what just generally does taking away financial burden allow you to do as a musician or a composer or organizer uh, i would say in my relatively privileged position since i'm a faculty at western it makes it easier and less of a trade-off between other choices I would make financially in relation to family and things like that. But I can see for people without that subsidized support and with so little arts funding available to people that this would be the only means by which they could even imagine doing this type of project. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, just to recap, Caddy Grant opens on October 15th. We have several workshops in November, which are uh, free to attend via Zoom. You can register for those and learn more about our grants at kalamazooarts.org grants. And then if you want to hear the Nodes Project in person, Wednesday, October 27th, 7.30 p.m. at Dalton Center at Western Michigan University. Thank you both for coming. Thanks for having us, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Creative Cafe, a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. And join us each and every Saturday after 8 a.m. for a visit to the Creative Cafe. Coming up next, CBS Local News and then Birdwatch with Roger Taylor right here on WKZO. Thanks for taking some time this morning to join us on the Creative Cafe. We have enjoyed telling you a little bit about who we are as an arts council and what we do in the community. Arts and culture have always been a cornerstone of what makes Kalamazoo a great place to work and live. As a service organization, we've been proud to serve Kalamazoo since 1966. In the past five years alone, we have provided benefits to 585 individual artists and arts organizations, granted $865,000 to just under 400 grant recipients, produced 10 unique programs that serve artists, and have collaborated on 23 separate fiscal sponsorships and community projects, many of which are still in existence and serving our community. All this with an average staff size of 6 to 8 in any given year. Small but mighty. That's the Arts Council. And now you know. Join us next week for another installment of the Creative Cafe. And until then, enjoy all that that creative expression has to offer.